This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, along with my co-host, Yahoo Sports' Dalton Del Don. And uh, hopefully this is less of a disaster than last week, and uh, we can just do this in one take and uh, not spend hours fucking re-recording everything. How about that? Yeah, if my memory serves right, we re-recorded mainly because of video issues. Well, I know there are multiple issues on your end, but the video never even worked anyway, right? Never went out? It didn't, no. So mercifully, uh, people were spared your uh, grotesque mug for one week. That's right, yeah. Wearing a different Warriors shirt this week. You been watching any of these playoffs? Come on, man. I'm not, though. I, I was talking about it with Dre on the radio today, and uh, I've just been kind of following along the box scores, and it's pretty amazing how good the Celtics are. Crazy. And uh, if they, you know, he actually thinks that they would have a better chance. He, he still thinks they would lose to the winner of the Rockets uh, Warriors. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's crazy that without Kyrie uh, and Gordon Hayward, and they're the, I mean, they're they're one of the most. They might have the most loaded roster right now. I'm um, comparable to the Warriors moving forward, uh, given how young they are. That that team's loaded. At first, I thought I would have said that's crazy, but how well they're playing. And there are really big home road splits, though. So don't be shocked if that series still goes like if Cleveland wins the next two games. But but yeah, how they're playing and passing the ball, they just look great. Brad Stevens is is unreal. I mean, he's like now I'd say he's like on like Belichick type level. I'd say right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those Tatum and and Brown are top three picks. It's it's a good roster, but just the way out coached. I know Brett Brown was was a joke, but those in game plays seriously just won. And what he's doing in, in a two-year sample now, that dude base better be uh, you know, viewed as one of the most important uh, pieces of, of any sport right now, frankly. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, we've talked about this in football, and now like basketball um, with this whole Brad Stevens thing is like, are, is it the players or is it the, is it the system? And I don't just mean like you know, what offense you're running, whether you're running the triangle or some other bullshit. I don't know anything about basketball anymore. But, you know, how they develop you, how they find your strengths, how they mesh you with the right people. You know, you look at the Vikings last year, they had Case Keenum as their QB, and it was a really good offense. I mean, their receivers were Adam Thielen, who was like a nobody late round pick. Stephon Diggs was a fifth round pick. I know he's like a prospect in high school, but still, you know, those were their guys. Dalvin Cook, their, their running back goes out for the year, and they get McKinnon and Latavius Murray actually even was good. And so with a good system... These teams yeah. are really good. Nick Foles crushes it in the Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, well, the system, right? So, like, how important are players? I mean, I was talking to Dre about this. Would Kawhi Leonard be a superstar? I know he was hurt all year, obviously, because he's on our League of Leagues team, but would he even be a superstar if he got drafted by the Suns? So my, my answer is, and it very well as a guess, obviously, is there are, it's most it's 99% system, and there are, like, a handful of true difference makers, which I think is exactly equivalent to football. Right. Is so what I, think, that's like, what I would say. Obviously, LeBron, you, a nutless monkey could coach LeBron and get to the finals, right. basically, or Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and win the Aaron Super Rogers. Bowl, yeah. right? But yeah. most of these guys, 
if you know if they're good athletes, if they work hard, if they're in the right margin, system. The margin's so different because it, I mean, so the elite of the elite only get that far, you know. I mean, so so yeah, I think system we have, or or maybe it's growing only more so, or we've underrated it all along. But certainly right now, I'd say system better get a ton of credit because I mean. Nothing's more glaring. Maybe it's recently biased because of the Super Bowl, because nothing can be more glaring example than this year's Eagles. But but I think you can look to this basketball and all that as well. What did I you think? I lost five hundred dollars on the Super Bowl because my reasoning was well, Foles played a perfect game against the Vikings, but if someone's going to crack when Brady and Foles are exchanging drives, it's going to be Foles. And right. actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. Right. You know, Brady was the one who got sacked and fumbled, right? And I mean, right. I was that was just my reasoning. It was like, oh well, this guy can't be this good. But it was like, well, he just the system was set up right. He made some reads. I mean, obviously, he played great. You couldn't just be a random person and be in there. But somebody who practiced in the system had that amazing 2013. He was good enough. He was good enough to do it twice. And that's right. all it took to win the Super Bowl. And I'm wondering how many times we've seen like a second-round pick in the NBA, like Stromile Swift or someone like that. We're like, oh, I was drafting that dude every year. I'm like, oh, he's a second-round pick. He's got to be good. And then he's just sort of a bust. But how many of those busts, if they played for Brad Stevens or Greg Popovich, would have been elite defensive shot blockers right. and like learn to like, you know, do some hook shot or something on offense. Like just, right. just did one thing that made them useful. You know, like Bruce Bowen, remember Bruce Bowen? He was like a all defense player. He could only shoot that one corner three. That's all he could do. So on offense, he would just stand there, spread the floor right. and he was useful because he would hit that three. And like, there's so many coaches. I mean, there's so many players that have got, come through these systems that have been really useful I just wonder, like, yeah. if we've had it all wrong, like, the whole time. Obviously, it's an unanswerable theoretical, but I'm on that side leaning toward your way. Of what if, like, all it's so much that people, we're not giving the proper credit, both for the negatives and the positives there. One more quick thing about the NBA and move on. Although the, the lottery was kind of interesting, and I'm, I'm a Warriors guy, but I also live close to Sacramento. So I'm, I'm glad the Kings might be more relevant because uh, seemingly there are two, you know, can't miss prospects in this draft. And they moved all the way up. They're supposed to get seventh. They moved up to two. So that's a good spot. You know, you just pick whom, whomever uh, the, the Suns don't. Suns have a really interesting choice himself because the, the, the guy who's likely to go number one, um, he, he, you know, he played college like down the road. But their new head coach, they just hired big, a big foreign guy. So he, he might be Doncic. So we'll see. That's interesting. But one other thing, a stat I came across, this is pretty crazy. Uh, James Harden and Chris Paul had 200 more dribbles than the Warriors had in game one collectively. And so what does that mean? It just means they're not moving the ball quick enough? And the funny thing is, is the Warriors ran more ISO than I've ever seen them all season. Just Durant bailed them out on a couple plays like a lot. But it just shows the Warriors pass the basketball so much. It's awesome. It's a thing of beauty. Um, I don't know if you know, but I, I like that team and I root for them. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, you just watch Harden and Paul. It's, it's, it's funny because you think of them as this high-paced, all the threes. They broke their own record set last year at most made threes. But really, they just run all isolation. And it's kind of boring and the Warriors are just passing the ball, and it's no guy in the world that still can dribble faster than a pass, and the Warriors is just, uh, I just, I don't know, I thought that was pretty crazy, that, that, that stat. Congratulations for becoming a Warriors fan four years ago. I really respect it. Yeah, good All job. Right. I got tickets to game three. I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture, and uh, you'll see it on Facebook, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not going to see I'll that shit on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. What I about do, Twitter? I do Your sometimes check. Have you thought that Twitter's like changing things or going to like take away arbitrarily what uh, bad comments or something? I want to hear your thoughts on that. I've not heard. So, okay. So I saw something Twitter. I, I didn't know what it was, but I saw Twitter was going to mute some comments yes, uh, yes. from people who've been blocked. It doesn't, by a lot contribute of to the, it doesn't contribute to the conversation is how they're right. labeling it. So, you know, someone like me, I'm, I'm unlikely to be blocked, although before long I'll be next. 
they're going to like just delete all the conservative people basically and the gun nuts and the people who are like, you know, the, the guys that like argue with me and I argue back and they're like, dude, I got a fucking AR-15 at home. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot for like saying that in the third comment. I had an argument. Did he argue, really but, say that to you? That's yeah, happened. Actually, it was about this podcast. He said that this podcast sucks so much. It was either this podcast or something I said that he was going to one star all our podcasts. And I was oh, like, I was like, oh, really? Because you don't agree with my political views? Then I quote tweeted him and I said, look, everybody, please five star this thing as many times as you possibly can because this guy wants to shut me up. He wants to silence my views by threatening my business. And I'm like, you know, regardless of what your views are, that's wrong. Like, even if you have views that I totally disagree with, like, I would never try to destroy your business because you have a different view than me. I mean, that's right. just ridiculous. So we got like all the ratings that we have on this podcast are because of that guy, actually. So I'm right. grateful to that guy. But, and I'm but, glad uh, he was uh, able to say but, what he wanted to he, say. He, he just told he me that he had, a, what's that? He told you he had a gun? Yeah, he told me he had what AR-15. That's like the new, sure. you know, it used to be the AK. Now this is like the new rifle or whatever. Yeah, he was bragging about it. AK-47s are horrible guns, but okay, yeah. That, oh, what? That's, they're, yeah that's, that, they're what AK-47s are horrible guns. Oh, they but, are. Um, well, anyway, they, you know, it used to be today was man, a good that's, day. That's I didn't have awful. to use my AK, and now it's all about no. this other one. Okay. No, no, no. Sorry, I don't know exactly. shit about guns. I don't know shit it about guns. It does rhyme. It does rhyme very very good in that. Yeah. In, a, in an amazing song, uh, I agree. But uh, bottom line is, that's yeah, that's that's kind of rough to tell you that on, on Twitter forum. But that's, a real man says, today was a good day. I got to use my AK. Okay? Right. That's the difference. <laughs> but, but... Okay. Whatever, this dude, whatever, he, he was just mentioning it, right? And it was sort of like, that's the ultimate coward move because it's like, I'm not going to get into the whole gun thing right here because I, I do think there are circumstances where you would want to have a gun. If somebody was trying to kill you with a gun, I would want to have one. But obviously on Twitter, that's a stupid thing to say. But it just shows you're a coward if you say it on Twitter, right? Because even if you have a gun, you're gonna, you should only be obviously using it under the proper circumstances. So to be busting that out. But anyway, the point is, I, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? As long as he's not like, you know, I mean, first of all, I'm in another country, right? So he's not coming here. He's not, if he's coming here, he's not getting in with his gun. So he'd have to go in in person. And I'm, you know, I might have to meet that dude at the airport. I might have to show up, punch that yeah. dude in the face. But the, but the point <laughs> is, the point is that Twitter's going to shut Even down those guys. Or what's that? What's that guy who's going to meet you in Temecula or whatever that place is where someone wanted to meet, fight someone on Twitter? Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's meet that's on the tarmac. Group. Meet on the tarmac. Okay. It's anyway. a long, that's a anyway, long, uh, whatever. But okay. my point, my point about the whole Twitter thing is that I don't think we should be shutting people up. If, if they were to say, I'm going to murder you or something, then they should shut them up. Then that would be something that's illegal. You know, you're actually making a threat. But if you, if you just say, I have a gun, I just think you're probably a coward and you can't defend yourself verbally. And you're afraid that I'm going to school you verbally, so you have to try to resort to some sort of like that's going to scare me, which it's not going to, because if you really were serious, you wouldn't be saying that shit. Okay. Secondly, I feel that you know obviously Twitter is a Silicon Valley company. They're a little bit libertarian, but they're mostly liberal, and that's fine. People are entitled to their political beliefs, but I just don't think we want big tech policing the acceptable p political views in this country. I, I think there's a lot of a lot, of, a lot that's wrong with all sorts of views around the spectrum. And I think that it's good to have people be able to point that out without being... Well, what happens is you have these nutless monkeys who, if you say something that's unorthodox or it's you know, not with the party line, they will block or mute you. And then they're going to... One of the criteria by which Twitter's going to you know, mute people's comments is how many times they've been blocked. So it really is going to deter a certain kind of speech. 
And uh, I got blocked once. I'm blocked by one person, to my knowledge. And it, it's this random person. It's this woman, Joan Wallace. She's super annoying. She used to write for Salon. And she blocked me because she was, it was a couple years ago when Bernie Sanders was getting cheated out of the nomination. And she was, calling, she was using the term Bernie bros. And I just said, you know, don't use that term. It's a, it's a slur. That's not, what, that's not accurate. You know, people, there's women who are for him. What, I don't know what the fuck I was saying. It doesn't even matter. Right. And she just blocked me. I said, use better terminology. That's, that's just flat wrong. And she, she blocked me. So that would like be a strike against me because some nutless monkey person decided Yeah, that makes to block sense. Me. I was wondering what kind of algorithm they're going to come up with. Obviously, no one's well, monitoring no, no, no. all these Blocking comments, is part of it. So. Like how many times you've been blocked. So That makes sense. So, but I, what's, I guess Bill, J, Bill James online has been like blocking anyone who gave him a hard time for his Bryce Harper is not a superstar take. But right. anyway, carry on. So that's going to come on. against them. It's going to be like, yeah. oh, and then if you make a political take that people don't like. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, if you just made any, like even a, a half of a joke, you just, you've been blocked. I guess. You, right. So, so yeah, that's it's, interesting. It's, right. it's really. It's like that Black Mirror episode of two seasons ago with yeah. Bryce Dallas. How, you know, the, when, when, you know, basically you have to be nice to everyone, your local barista or, you know, and, and you just build a, it's like a social hierarchy. Right. It's terrible. It's a, it's a fucking stupid idea. And, and as soon as I saw that policy, I was thinking, okay, I've got a decent following on Twitter. You know, not that many people, but enough that like, if I need to f- fight orbits, I can get that shit still overturned. Still not verified either, and you're still not verified. Right? No, I don't. I don't. This is why I don't care about being verified. This is exactly why I don't need the corporate uh, bosses at Twitter or Facebook to, to like give me the green light. Like that's the whole problem with this. This is the whole problem is that these guys are going to be deciding who's verified, who's reliable, whose tweets show up, whose tweets don't show up, and and as I said, it's probably not going to threaten me in the near term. But it may in the longer term, because first they're going to like drive all the people who aren't thinking a certain way and voting for a certain candidate off the platform, basically, a lot of them at least. And then once they're, those guys are off, they're going to purge the next people. And I'm probably in the, you know, next to the third, I'm probably the third purge. You know what I mean? I'm like the third purge, which is like, I really just don't think Obama was a good president. I think he was a bad president. You know, like that view is probably going to, would get me blocked in a lot of places and I don't think Trump is a good president, but I don't think Obama was either. And so, you know, again, yeah, that, that view is not acceptable in some circles. If I said that, it would make people very angry. You know, they'd be very angry. How could you say that? You know, he was a great man. You know, people, yeah, you would fall under the bubble. You would fall under. Would be, yeah, you'd you'd, you'd 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 be in trouble. You'd be censored. You're you're hurting both sides. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. offending so, the so, wrong. So first, they're gonna they're gonna purge the the guys who are pro Trump and and you know the right wing guys. And some of them are saying a whole bunch of fucking nonsense, but that's just part of the, oh, you're, you know, saying, you're saying without question, it'll, there'll be a liberal lean. You're just flat out. That's just what well, you, of course. You, I mean, not just, it, it's, it's not just so much liberal, like those douchebag neocons will still have a platform, the bill crystals and the David Frums, the people who fomented the Iraq war. I mean, these are true, horrible, horrible people and they're, and they're neocons, but they're centrist. They're, they're the people, the in group, the people in power and, I'm talking about sort of the people that control things and have controlled things for a long time that are basically neocons and neoliberals, the way basically our policy has been crafted. Trump is this anomaly right now, and that's why the media hates him, because he's not in the normal scope. And, and so basically anyone who's outside of that is going, you know, is eventually going to get blocked and purged. I mean, again, I'm not like, it's Twitter, so in some ways it's a private platform, they can do what they want. But I'm starting to think, okay, I've got this small following that's valuable to me, people who actually listen, people who engage, people who have interesting things right. to say, right. and who are, are smart, in my opinion. And I'm like, okay, how do we take these people off of this platform? I'm, like my, I'm really thinking like, okay, people, you like this podcast, you like the work that I do, 
how can I, how can we reconvene elsewhere? Because this is becoming a, it's going to be censored. And again, it's, it's probably not going to affect me right away, but I just feel like I don't want some douchebag who happens to run Twitter or Facebook making, you know, deciding who has, you know, the power to be heard or not on, on the platform. And it's not a free speech issue because it's a private company, right? I mean, I don't have to be on Twitter, but it, it, we should be ditching the shit. It's, it's, there, there needs to be like a different way because it, it's very pernicious. Well, you know, I don't know if this ties, to, ties together or not, but I think today there's a, an important vote with that net neutrality. Yeah, that's something else. I, I've, I've heard arguments for both sides that like the net neutrality thing is kind of a red herring because if, if companies started like slowing down sites that you wanted to see, you, might, you would just stop that ISP, you would just use another one, right? And it's really more the monopoly issue than the net neutrality issue that's the problem. Right. So if you break up the monopolies and there's real competition among ISPs, then okay, well, who cares if there's net neutrality? They're the only, if you want your business to succeed as an ISP, you're going to have net, you're going to let people access the sites they want. It's only a real problem when you have Comcast as your only provider. And then, right. you know, then okay. it's a real problem. So I think that's like one of the things, I think the bigger thing is breaking up the monopolies. Right. Um, back to, I have a couple things to throw you. Back to guns real quick. Um, I'm not a gun guy like at all. Um, I wouldn't hunt or anything, but um, it is funny because uh, my dad was actually one of the a few people in California to have a, a machine gun license. Right. And uh, so I actually grew up around like he would have like an Uzi. And uh, so it's pretty uncle crazy. Had, my uncle had an arsenal in his house. I don't know why. I don't yeah, know if he was like, just paranoid or something, but like we went to his house on the border of Michigan and Canada. It was like right on the border of Canada of northern, northern Michigan. And that dude had an Uzi's like... 357. I don't know. I didn't know shit about guns, but he had like an arsenal. And I was scared. He was like, if you're going to walk the dog, there's bears out there. So take one of these. And I was like scared. I was like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to accidentally shoot myself with one of these, you know? It's funny. Yeah. I remember going like four in hindsight, when I went to school in fourth or fifth grade and told these stories uh, that I went and shot them, the kids must've thought I was so full of shit. But um, I, uh, I did not grow up to be a gun guy though, whatsoever. No, no interest in them yeah, um, real man at all. Up to be a gun guy. Yeah, well, does that make me a hypocrite uh, eating meat and having no problem? Because someone just asked me, do you want to go duck hunting? I have a couple friends that are really into duck hunting, and I love to eat duck. And I'm like, I'd be far more inclined to go with them, even though it's a, it sounds horrible getting up at like 3 a.m. and sitting in water. Right. But um, uh, I would go like watch them and eat it, but not shoot uh, duck. Does that make me, or does it obviously make me a hypocrite? Like, you mean what, you don't want to harm this like you don't want to harm this like beautiful wild creature? Yeah, I guess. Is yeah, that sure, the reason yes. why you don't want to do it? Yeah, I don't want, do not want to do that myself, correct. Right. You don't want to not, murder this creature, but you're right. happy to have others murder at your behest to satisfy I mean, not your happy, but vulgar I'll, appetites. I'll, I'll yeah, right. So what are your thoughts on that? It's not that you're a hypocrite because you're not telling them that they shouldn't do it. And you're like aware of it. I, I just think that like, you know, don't do it if you don't want to do it. But, but, but obviously you, you do realize that eating the thing is the same thing as killing the thing because you're basically hiring somebody to kill. It's like saying, well, I don't have the, you know, you saw Breaking Bad, right? Of course. Yeah. Do you remember Lydia, the woman at the very end? Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Yes. The main girl. Yeah. 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 And uh, she's always closing her eyes. Like when all the carnage is around, she's always like, she can't watch. Right, right. And she's always, yeah, that one oh, underground, right? When was there a big one when she was underground? I she think. was like hiding because she just couldn't look at all the dead bodies. But yeah, of course she yeah. was like, you know, ordering the killings of all these people right. and participating okay. in it. Like you're I'll like, take her, that she you're was like, kind of a badass. I'll take that. She call. was a bad person. She was an evil person. Yeah, of course. But, but she, okay. but you know, she just, she didn't 
she wasn't a hypocrite because she obviously knew what she was doing. Right. She just no, hypocrite was the wrong word. Yeah, You're yeah. right. Hypocrite was the she wrong was just word. a little yeah. squeamish about the actual blood and guts part of it. Yeah. Right. So what? Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, well, so we buried the lead here. I mean, I'm sure it's been talked about a few other places, I heard, but uh, sports gambling uh, becoming legal. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? So I, there, there's a couple of thoughts. One is, you know, that just means at the federal level, okay, it is the ban on sports betting has been struck down. So what that means is that theoretically, state by state, they could, you know, decide for themselves whether they want to be legal or not, just like DFS. Just like weed, yeah, and just weed, like weed. Weed, yeah, essentially okay. DFS and weed. Although exactly. actually in weed, there is still there was still a federal ban, and the states right. did it anyway. This the federal yeah. ban has been lifted. Up in the air. Yeah. Right. Now, no, no, no pun intended. That's up in the air. The uh, that the, the whole Jeff Sessions and the Jeff repel, is such feeling a the, the bomb thing. of all the people. I'd like to just yeah. fucking punch uh, that dude in the face. Doesn't doesn't Trump think he is too? I think so. I don't I don't know yeah. what Trump just has like the worst clowns around him, like Giuliani, Sessions, like he's like the worst losers of all time. So what's going to happen is first off, like Orrin Hatch, who's a douchebag senator, which is a redundant thing to say, is now talking about passing legislation, federal legislation, banning it. So like, you know, the, the court struck it down, but the, the, you know, but maybe they could pass some other law. Now that may get struck down or not passed, but that's one thing. I think they're just leveraging to like negotiate on behalf of their lobbyists to make it harder, right. you know, maybe extract fees or I don't know, who knows. And then each of the states has to go through it. And just like with they're DFS, a lot of money. just like, just like these other things we're talking about, you know, making a lot of money for these states. Right. Well, okay. It's going to make money out of tax revenue. Like weed does for Colorado and Washington and now California, but yeah. they also may want licensing. So if you want to be a, a gambling outfit and you know, a sports betting outfit in Texas, you might have to pay a hundred thousand or half a million dollar licensing fee to do that. The problem is all these fees, and then the worst part is the leagues want a piece. We'll talk about that in a second. But all these fees ultimately are going to get passed on to the customer, right? The better. Because right. in the end, you know, they need to charge a certain rake to pay for operations. And to the extent that well, they the have, NBA asks for 1%, right? Okay. So, so what's going to end up happening is that 1%, which is uh, ludicrous. So much, yeah. So, right. Okay. Yeah. Is that you know that'll get passed on to the to the better and the betters are going to say well I, I have to pay eleven percent rake, you know if I'm a heavy better, I got to pay eleven percent rake with the legal one because the fucking NBA wants a piece and I only have to pay ten percent online and the illegal offshore one, and of course we're going to have cryptocurrencies and things so that we don't even need them you know we can just trade it use that to pay for it to bet, and basically it's just they're going to get no money they're going to get frozen out they're going to they're going to go around them. We'll do it okay. illegally. Okay. Well, here's my counter to you because someone brought this up to me. And I'm not saying this is a perfect example. It's just, to me, it seems uh, similar. 
um, they, they tax the hell out of weed way more than where you're right. buying from your local bookie slash dealer. Uh, and they're still making money hand over fist. People right. are lining up to go. Convenience. So yeah. why, why would this be different? It's convenience, right? So that, um, yeah, it's convenience and just, and they're straight up. It may seem, uh, silly. It may not seem silly, but law, like just, just not breaking. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, legitimacy. I th- yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, people, you know, they want to do it legally and they also want to, and there's still a lot of people that will do it. Right. But, yeah, and, though, and it's, you know, you can have this beautiful shop with all kinds of edibles and all this stuff, you know, I mean, it's not like just your due, the quality is insured, it's much higher quality or can be like this, quality. you know, you're going to get paid, you know, in a bet, you know, you're getting paid, right. you know, Although, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you do. But if you're, uh, you know, you know, you're going to be more likely to be a long-term loser if you're betting a lot with a, with a bigger rake. And so I get if, it. so if I get it. So if the offshore one has been reliable for years, then why wouldn't you just use that? And, and, and especially if, if they're taking crypto and you don't need the banks to give you the green light. Because uh, I think offshore people are worried. They could just close up shop overnight. You just trust the U.S. government. I'm not saying you should, but that's just the way it is. I, I predict, I, I hear what you're saying to people that understand the VIG. And, and they, they'll, they'll hear 1% difference and they won't make, think that's a big deal. And it is a very, very, very big deal. I get that. But again, they tax a lot on marijuana, yeah. a lot. It, it's it's, uh, also, and it's, still, not a, it's not a money-making enterprise, right? You're buying it to get right. high. And you're like, okay, right. I'm going to pay X amount for this weed. It's actually really strong now. So if I buy a quarter ounce, it's so just going to last. So you're not losing. Right. I guess, yeah, I get that. Right. So like and you're going to lose a bet. Yeah. You're not getting any gratification because ultimately, you know, the vast majority of people are going to lose betting. I mean, so, yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I mean, with weed, you're not trying to win money. So it's like it right. defeats the fucking purpose. I mean, you, you know, if the rake is too big, there's just no point in even doing it. I guess they'll just be someone who wants action. They don't care if it's 11, 14, 15%, whatever. But I think, like, I, I, again, what, crypto is going to get more and more mainstream over the next couple of years. And when there's, like, a real alternative where it's just in another country that isn't paying the leagues and it's set up and it's legit in another country... It's yeah. just duplicated, and you could send crypto right across, no problem, no bank, no credit card. I, I think they're going to get frozen out if they do that. I think the technology is coming. I think one of the reasons it's getting legalized is because the, the, the legal system hadn't caught up with the technology even now, even with just the offshore betting. It's not like you have to go find a bookie or whatever. You can just send something you know, offshore, and, and with crypto coming on and encryption, I just think more and more. So do you disagree with Cuban saying his franchise just doubled in value? With the with no, I, I don't disagree. I, I think that the interest in basketball is this is why the leagues are such scumbags is because the interest in basketball is going to skyrocket. The interest in the sports is going to go up because of the legalized betting, but but it, they not because they're getting their one percent fee. Just because imagine this, okay? I, t- I said this on on air the other day. Imagine if people started betting on this podcast, like which one of us would say Nutless Monkey first? I'm ten to one. You're one. You know. You, you get 10 to 1 if, if it's you. It's yeah, for 1 to Minus 1,000 yeah. for me to say it first. But if we, they started betting on all the things we're going to say in this podcast. And they started okay. betting serious money. Like it was a big deal. Like, all the, like millions of people started betting on this podcast. Right. Would we say, well, oh, no, no, no. We need a piece of those bets. Or would we just be like, oh, that's good. That's really good news for us. A lot of people are listening. Yeah. We can sell a lot of right. ads off these podcasts. Yeah. I mean, right. You see how ludicrous it is to demand a piece of this marketing scheme that is going to benefit you more than it benefits anybody else? I mean, yeah. the, the NFL, the leagues try to do so, the same thing with fantasy in, in the, in the mid 2000s. They try to say, oh, you can't use our likenesses without our stats. You can't use the right. stats of our players without paying a fee. And they lost that case. And it's the same right. argument is you can't bet on us without 
giving us a fee. First of all, you lost that case. I can use the numbers and the stats in your games as much as I want. That's public domain, the stats that, that are generated by the games. So you, they have no right to that. And secondly, again, you, they really wanted to shut down fantasy sports. I mean, could you imagine someone inventing a derivative game of your game that makes people 10 times more fanatical about your game, buy more jerseys, buy Sunday ticket, buy Game Pass, yeah, buy the NBA. Ever, right? You should be paying them. Yeah. You should be paying them. You, you're du- How dumb is the NFL marketing? It's like Aaron Rodgers on Thursday night matches up against Matthew Stafford. It's like, who gives a fuck? Oh, wait, I've got fantasy players. Oh, I've got money on that game. I've got a parlay. I've got DFS going in that game. Oh, shit, I'm definitely going to watch that Thursday night game. Now I'm going to stay up and watch all the shit commercials and that horrible so, play. So then what do you think is going to happen then uh, is like maybe the, the casual fans that, that will suddenly have $20 bets. That'll create interest no. in the NBA versus the, the whales are just going to stay, you know, in Vegas or, or okay. So no. you say no. Okay. So, so what, what is okay. going to increase interest? So, so, so here's, here's what's going on. Here, here's the landscape okay. in my opinion. Okay. Is that okay? So the sports yeah. was the biggest deal because everything started, you know, when TiVo came around, DVR and came around live TV started getting a real problem because people could fast forward commercials. So, it was a hey, when, I was a, when I was a senior in high school, we had an econ class, and one of our homework assignments was to come up with buying stock. And some friend of mine's like, oh, my dad says buy TiVo. So I'd never heard of this before DVR. I bet if we really did then. Or did TiVo die? Or if you were yeah, early I in. TiVo, I don't think you made that much money because it was, it was too uh, – maybe. Good to hear it. Actually, that eases my mind to hear that because I've always thought that. Continue. Anyway, I don't know. It probably went up temporarily. But the point is, so you started being able to DVR TV. And so instead of like those three networks that had like, first of all, you know, networks started getting really, you know, it was cable and HBO and DVDs and all the shit. So it was like people were able to have a lot more entertainment options. But then the other thing was live TV. It used to be like Seinfeld was like appointment TV. Like everybody in the country would be watching Seinfeld. Everybody in the country would be watching MASH in the 80s. Like that was what you watched. And it was on at that time. No other options. No other options. No other options. Yeah, and it was just on at that particular time. So everybody watched, you know, obviously on the West Coast, it was three hours later, but everybody, wherever they were in the time zone, were watching the thing simultaneously. And then the DVR came around, and then it was like, oh, well, now that, you know, we can't sell commercials for as much because people can fast forward because they can tape it. But they said, oh, but at least live sports. No one's going to tape live sports because no one's going to DVR it because they're going to find out the score. It's too, you know, you need to watch it live. So it was the one property that was like sacred, like, oh, it's amazing. And so ESPN, you know, was like, okay, great. So we're going to lock all this up because we have the unique thing. So they will spend billions of dollars on NFL rights and basketball and college basketball and college football and all this shit. So they spent all this money locked in. And what starts happening is they were getting so much of their money because when you bought a cable package or you bought direct TV, it was like 120 bucks a month. And actually, the channels for that 120 got pieces of that, right? So like Discovery Channel will get a couple bucks or whatever. ESPN was the most expensive channel in that bundle. And it was six bucks per month per person or something like that. So imagine that. If there's 100 million people with cable packages and six bucks a month, they're making 600 million bucks a month. That's good money. Enough money to pay for all those rights to all those leagues that make people want to watch ESPN. And of course, they're selling all the ads for all those games too. The one place where you could still sell ads because people are watching the stuff live. What starts happening is people start cutting the cord. You know, once streaming becomes available, they're like, I just really like Netflix and HBO and whatever. I don't need, I don't want to pay for this whole 120 a month. It's too much. That's, that's been, that's been the hugest issue for for ESPN, right? Over the past three, four years. Last like five years. So instead of having a hundred million or 110 million at their peak, they start having a hundred, then 90, then 80. Still, you know, 480 million a month, but it's not 600 or 660 a month, right? So this is major, major cost. And they've got all these fixed costs that they've spent on all these, 
the rights to all these games for a decade. So what are they, you know, so there's a problem. So really gambling, and part of the reason I think it's getting legalized now, and the behind the scenes, what the levers that are being pulled, is that what they need to do, which is what they are doing, what gambling will help do in fantasy and DFS has helped doing, since now you can't just make people who have no interest in sports pay the six bucks because it's just part of your cable package that you have to have. Now that people are cutting the cord, you've got to get the hardcore people to pay 30 bucks, right? I mean, you've got to get the hardcore people to watch more, to generate more revenue for you per person. You're going to have fewer people because you're not getting the money from people who don't want it. You're basically stealing right. from those other people who didn't even want it. And now that they're saying, okay, I'm enough of that, you've got to get it from the people who will pay more. And how are you going right. to get them to pay more? You're going to get them hooked on the product. And how are you going to get hooked, hooked on the product? Give them a stake in the product. Gambling, and DFS, are, fantasy. Yeah. And the people most prone to make those bets with people already with the, with the modest interest. Yeah. Now, now, the question is, like, maybe we're already saturated. Like, maybe you and I aren't going to consume any more than we already do, that we're maxed out. But I don't know. I think that when people start betting and it's fun and legal and there's cool hybrid games and it's a really creative, fun landscape, if there is innovation allowed, if the states don't make it 100000 per company to register and there's no competition because only the really big companies can register if it's really innovative there'll be really cool games i mean FanDuel, DraftKings, that that salary cap game it's okay right is that like the greatest game that could be invented i don't think so i think it's a decent game i think you know but where's the innovation in the space like there's probably there's so many other varieties that you could do so you're taking a wait-and-see approach and kind of see how, how much, basically, wait-and-see the VIG. See what, see what the government does. Well, first basically. off, it's going to be state-by-state. First off, we've got to dodge whether the federal government tries to make it illegal by some other method. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen because it's going to be unpopular. But let's say, you know, we dodge that bullet. Then each state, you've got to go state-to-state. State. Then you've got the problem whether they lump fantasy in with gambling, and then fantasy companies have to pay these crazy licensing fees, and that stifles innovation. But if, assuming that, you know, Peter's going to have to do his new world tour again that he did for DFS, where he's the president of the FSTA, and he goes around and he lobbies and explains to these legislatures who are, don't get it most of the time, you know, eventually, state by state, you know, he's going to have to say, well, we're not gambling, so don't regulate us with gambling regulation. But state by state, they're going to regulate this, and everyone's going to want their peace. And I think the job's going to have to be to say, look, both by the public and by, you know, the industry people say, listen, don't be trying to get your grubby hands on this money. Enjoy the promotion it does for your league, the dedication that it brings to the, you know, more people buying packages and data and whatever else they buy from you. And, and let us market the, your, your product derivatively. I mean, let us do it. And, and I think that's going to be the thing. And if you don't, then you're just risking this going illegal when your VIG is too high. And I hope it does. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I really hope that those leagues get a real real pushback for trying to, to be greedy when this is a good thing for them. Totally, totally agree. Yeah, I'm sure California won't have high taxes whatsoever. I'm sure it'll be totally reasonable. Um, All I want to do is be able to, you know, have my bong, make my bets, play my DFS, while do my season-long fantasy league, while doing online right. poker, you know, and never right. leave my house ever again. I mean, that's all people ask for. You know, we're already... Yeah. Eating a no, fucking no. bag of Doritos and worthless sacks of shit. We may as well be able to just do what the fuck we want. Yeah, I know Amazon deliver my Whole Foods right to my, my door. Whole yeah, Foods, no. yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, one thing I wanted to bring up to you that I heard on the XM this week. There wasn't too much great material that you brought up, but there is one that I found. Um, okay. I actually did really like this yeah. that you, you said, because I'm like, you know what, I, I kind of do that already. Um, but not just uh, consciously. But I liked how you said uh, you basically you, you base your rankings and then you kind of want to 
half it closer to ADP based on you thinking talking to a horse racing expert, I think it was, maybe Rufus Peabody. Um, I don't know, elaborate on that. I like that point. I, okay, I thought so, it was cool. So two separate things. So Rufus, and it's actually a good article for, for the Roadwire magazine. I, I interviewed him. And um, for just some background, he's Rufus Peabody, Massey Peabody's their site. And he bets like, like I don't want to get into dollars and cents, but very large sums. You know, he makes his living betting football games. And he does a lot of halftime stuff in college too, so it's not just NFL. But in the games that, you know, his big plays over, I don't know, 500 games, he's at 55% over 500 games or so. And so he's been able to make a living doing this. Yep. And I asked him how he did it, like what his method consisted. And we, we got a little detail. We didn't get into all the nuts and bolts. But he basically said, I said, oh, so your model is a better predictor than, the, than sort of the, the market, than the public. You know, the public is what the bookie puts out a line, but quickly moves it when the public starts betting back and forth. And then the line gets established by the market. I said, oh, so your line is better than the market? He said, no, um, it's not better. It's just it identifies right. some things that the market misses. And so what, what he does is like he has his line and then he has the market lines and he moves them 45% his line, 55% the market line. So if it's a point off, like, you know, the, the line that he chooses is going to only be half a point from the line. He's not going to bet it. But right. if his line is like six points from the market line or six and a half, he'll end up going, you know, three points back toward the market line, but that'll still be a, a big disparity and he'll bet that game. And so he, he told me that. So he's like, he uses the public as information and he just does some other thing, his model, which just identifies some things that the public might be missing and then averages it kind of. And he back tested like which thing was most successful, you know, you know what percentage his and what percentage theirs worked the best. Ended up being 45, 55. Anyway, right after I did that interview with him and wrote it down and it's going to be submitted for the magazine, I read this horse racing article. I don't know, did you link to that article? I, uh, I don't know if I linked to it, but I've read it. Okay. Yes, I've read it. So, basically this guy won almost a billion dollars betting horse racing in Macau and Hong Kong and in the U S and back and forth doing a lot of like what Rufus is doing, which is like coming up with an algorithm, the things that really matter for horse racing and then taking the odds, the posted odds, which is the market's opinion of the horses and basically going halfway, like using a, I don't know how far he went from his, but using that as a barometer with his own numbers and, and splitting the difference in, in some capacity and coming up with a number. And I started to think like, was in the same week, I basically got two instances of this. And, and these are people with skin in the game. One guy made a billion dollars. Rufus is making a living on this. You know, he's a successful better. I'm like, okay, this is probably the right way. It's like, don't act like, oh, like for baseball, I was like, oh, mine, I'm just going to use my ranking. Screw the market, you know? And there is, there's a sense in which ADP dumbs you down. But the market has some wisdom also. So the idea is to figure out the extent sure. to which your, you know, your leanings identify a bias in the market or, you know, find yeah. something that's missing or something that's not quite accounted for. I have absolutely done that. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, why am I so far off this? I, I can't be this much different. I have to at least bring it back. Not all the way, but so I have done that before. Right. So that just, yeah, it seems right. I like that. I like right. that idea. So anyway, it's just, it's just a, a way of using the, the public, but not losing sight of where your insights are. Now, of course, both the horse racing guy and Rufus are a little bit more rigorous. It's not like his hunch it's like his numbers, the things that he's found predictive show that this game is off, right? right. And, and he knows that his model has weaknesses. Like his model isn't good at predicting like, was the backup QB any good? You know, personnel right. changes, injuries. His model's not good about that. It's all quantitative. The public can kind of, you know, eyeball that and price that in collectively. So that's why he's going halfway. He doesn't just go all his model because, you know, his model could say, oh, the Packers are great, you know, are great here, but... They're missing Aaron Rodgers, and the public, you know, is going to move that a lot. 
Yeah. No, I look forward to the article. Um, I, I think you did a mock draft for it yesterday. I'm doing one uh, tomorrow. So I'll, I'll be in the mock draft for the Roadwire magazine. Um, all right. What else I got for you? Oh, uh, oh, you'll like this, I think. Um, I recently made a, a real man reservation. All right. So my buddy is turning 40 years old soon. And we just said, screw it. So we got a, a reservation for five to the French Laundry. And uh, I've heard a lot about this. Never been. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, I've heard Thomas of it. Yeah. Yes. Famous. Uh, Thomas. Thomas Keller in, in, in Yachtville. It's three-star, Michelin-rated. Right. Um, I couldn't get a reservation for two or three um, for six months out. I had to get at least four or five people. So I, uh, it took a while to get a couple people willing to spend the money for that, for dinner what for is one it, like night. What is it, 300 a person? How much is it? So it's, it's prefixed, obviously. It's 325 per plate, and that's before if you want wine pairing or, right. or, or so tip or anything. So it's going to cost you about 700 so, a person? Everyone said 6-7 per person, yeah. But So already my credit card was charged 1750 though, because they charged that 325 times 5 right. just to make the reservations. Right. And so a month from now at 5 people, and the, earliest, the latest time was like 5.15 p.m., not even like a 7 p.m. dinner on a Tuesday night. So anyway, so for a reservation, $1,750 already charged. Uh, my buddy's turning 40. My wife refused to spend the money on that. So uh, it's like four dudes and, and one other wife and French laundry. And uh, it's good. I told my brother it and he's like, he went, he's like, you're, you're going to be hungry when you leave. Uh, but he hadn't been there in 20 years. But I, I guess it's there's small portions. But we'll see. I'm fired up. It should be exciting. So yeah, it's a real, lifetime experience. Real man does a competitive eating contest during that meal. And then also oh, that, then you know, does like some sort of game that's total luck to see who pays the whole bill. One in five. Oh, yeah, uh, credit card roulette. Yeah, you can just exactly. hand them to the, the waiter, waitress, and then they bring it back and then, yeah, credit card roulette. Yeah. I'm going to throw yeah. that idea out there. Are you, are you willing to do it? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, no yeah, does that, that, yeah all right. Okay, I'm going to throw that out there. Let's see if the other, uh, other guys do. I'm not much of a cook, by the way, but while we're on the subject, I just bought a, got a, a sous vide. Have you, know, did you, have you tried one? No, what's a sous vide? It's that thing that you, so basically you just, wow, really? I'll, I'll show you about this. It's, it's amazing, dude. Uh, you put a, it's a stick in, a, in water and, and it can do, it's all on your app on your phone. And I put, um, I put a, a, a ribeye, a two big, two inch thick ribeyes in, and just put it in a, in a, in a baggie in water. And you put it hundred I put it 129.4 degrees for two hours because I wanted exactly medium rare. And uh, it beeps at two hours. Your phone tells you it's ready, but then it gives you an hour. You can't overcook it. And then you take it out and you finish it how you want. Um, I grilled, I pan seared it on super high heat and butter for a minute on each side. Then it was ready. Um, I'm told I need to get a flamethrower to finish it. But this is amazing. Restaurants are doing it. It's, it's absurd. It's the best. Wait, wait, wait. Well, I don't understand what you're doing. You're, you're, you're soaking it at 129 degrees in what? In, like water? In, in, in boiling water. But this stick that I have, it's called the sous vide. And um, it's exact temperature, uniformly cooked throughout. It's exactly medium rare throughout top to bottom, left to right. Perfect. And then I just seared it at the end, however you want. You can barbecue yeah, it on the. Yeah, I don't on understand. What, I don't understand the the mechanism. And, I, and you can and you can use uh, people say duck, fish. I mean, it's the best. All the restaurants will do it because they can sit there. They're like, all oh, this pot's medium uh, well. This is medium whatever. And then you finish it how you want. It still tastes like the grill. I'll send you more examples if you're not, I'm not explaining. I can Google it, well. it. I can Google it. I don't. I've only I'm, done I'm, it once. I, you're I'm, a food guy. This is the best, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I, I'm pretty good, man. I, I have to say, I have a good touch. I got a good feel right. on the grill right. or in the oven. I would just go out. I'd do, do this grilled okay. salmon on, on the grill from the, from the farmer's market. Super fatty, super thick. I just always came at the exact right time when it was crisp on the outside and almost rare in the middle with the well, steaks. Exactly I sear them the a couple minutes, couple minutes on the side and the steak in the hot, super hot pan. I put the whole pan in the oven already preheated to, bo- to broil. A few minutes in the oven, depending on the thickness of the steak, pull it out. Make sure you got an oven mitt on because I've burnt the shit out of my hand, leaving it on the counter and forgetting that the handle was super hot. 
perfect. I have screwed yeah, up. Do all that. But yes, I have do made all mistakes. That at the end, but then but the steak will be ready for you the exact temperature you want ready for that. But yeah. do all that at the end. Yeah. 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 You'll, 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 too much. I don't need this shit. I can do it. I'm already, I'm already, I, I'm old school. Really doesn't okay. do that shit. Okay. That's a nutless monkey. Yeah. 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 Who, who wants, who wants to like, technology, new things, right? I mean, there's been no improvements lately in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's you're totally yeah, right. Come on, man. Um, cooking. Yeah, I, I don't know have about cooking. There haven't been improvements. All the best food has been the stuff that's been around forever. Like the old school yeah. Chinese food, the old school Thai food, the Indian food, a steak well, we, cooked we perfectly on the grill. Yeah. What? Yeah. We were just talking about keto. So, I mean, yeah. I yeah. Mean, you don't need, so. yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's no improvements of technology with food. In fact, the technology of food is what's been killing people. All right. Um, I'm almost uh, out of topics. A couple yeah. things throw at you. I don't know. Like what? I think um, the, the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, recommended the, the the woman you spoke of last week, uh, Haspel for CAA director yep. and the North Korea meeting is now in uh, in limbo and they've called off talks with South Korea and all that. So uh, if you want to touch on those two things. Well, I, I don't know the the Kim Jong-un thing. Um, this dude, Scott Adams, I mentioned before, a lot of the, the liberals hate this dude because he was he claims to be left of Bernie Sanders, but he's been Trump's Dilbert. Yeah, is that Dilbert? Dilbert guy. He's the Dilbert guy. He claims to be, you know, left of Bernie Sanders, but he's like Trump's explainer and defender. And I like listening to him because he, some things I don't really agree with, but, but he's very, uh, it makes you feel a little bit less. It's a nice antidote to like the doom and gloom um, that fills up my Twitter feed. And he, he said, he predicted this in April. He said, there's going to be one setback where Kim, you know, the, the media will say, oh, the U.S. is getting everything. North Korea is getting nothing. And he's going to like make a dramatic thing that can be resolved easily, like no military activity or he won't give up his nukes. That's something the U.S. and South Korea can satisfy. So he, th- he thinks this is just uh, stage acting. It's, 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 it's just posturing to okay. make it seem so that his people don't think he's just a nutless monkey and just giving everything Good. up. But okay. who knows? They, maybe, you know, maybe it will fall apart. Who the fuck knows? I, don't I, saw, know. on, I saw on Twitter, you, speaking of uh, your, your guys on Twitter, like Krieger, is that your guy? You were talking about radishes? I saw that. Oh, yeah, that dude, uh, I guess he lives in Colorado and he plants all these gardening. And I'm going to be doing some if I get this property here. And he got these beautiful radishes. They're really nice colors. He took a photo of it, and I said, you know, you can eat the radish greens because I do. I sauteed them up like spinach, and they're good. Um, so, you know, a lot of times people get beets at the farmer's market, and they say, no, no, get rid of the greens. The beets, and they go, and beets they go, are so good. Well, beet greens, right? So then they go and they buy collard greens. And you're like, dude, you just threw out the beet greens that were free, <laughs> that were with your beets, and then bought basically the green that's like in the same family for two bucks. Like, you could have just got the greens with it. So all that stuff is edible. So I was just... Uh, yeah, my, my niece has a bearded dragon who's like three years old. They're pretty big, and uh, that's what they eat is collard greens. I guess it's really good for you. Collard, collard greens have like a ton. It's like better than spinach even. A is bearded what, is dragon? What, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like a, it's a pet dragon. It's, it gets like about three feet long. Okay, it just hangs okay. out in the house. It's just a, it's, a, it's not okay, code I thought that was something. code for something, but I, okay. No, I it's just a big lizard. It's just a okay, big lizard. All right. It's right. a lot of collard greens. But, it's not uh, code for anything. Anyway, yeah, not nice. I, I, liked, I liked that tip, though, that you can eat the radish leaves, but, uh, but you don't know what a sous vide is, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not up for that fancy shit. You know, that whole, I, I don't even like French cooking, you know, with all the cream and the fancy technique and all that shit, you know? Yeah. I, just, Bask, I just cook Bask, a steak. really good, man. Basque, French Basque is really good. Home, uh, family style, that's, that's really good. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know about this French bullshit. I, 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 you know, that's the least French food to me. Well, you know, I like oysters and, and clams and fresh seafood, but, you know, all, all the cream sauces and the, the heavy French cooking, I, I don't know. That's not really for me. I do agree with you. Every time we go to Chinese food, you're, I'm always, whatever you're getting, because you want the hot, real stuff. You, yeah, you're no, always, Chinese uh, food is amazing. And just real steaks and, and vegetables. The best, 
the best Chinese food uh, I've had was with you way out there. Was it Monterey Park? We were the only people in there. That spoke yeah, English. San Gabriel Valley. Yeah, mm. that place actually yeah, that closed down, and but there's a new one that's just as good, actually, if not better. Oh, okay, nice. So. It's, it's, you have to take me there if you ever uh, reside in the U.S. ever again. Well, I'll be back in L.A. You know, in July. So if you're, if right. you're, oh, you're nice. Yahoo's right. having like some sort of Santa Monica meeting or something, we can go drive out there. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably see you out in, out in Vegas around then too. Yeah, well, you should you should swing by L.A. We can go, uh, you know, grab some of that Chinese. All right, sounds good. All right, man, that's all I got for you this week. All right, uh, sounds good, man. We could talk a little more football in the coming weeks. I actually am not in a hurry to talk football, to be honest. Like. We got so much time, and people are not going to remember any of that shit anyway, and they're going to draft in July anyway. Um, one note, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, feel free to like it on uh, iTunes. Give it five stars. You talk shit about Dalton's look, his shirt, his house. has nothing. Is, literally, there's nothing behind him. I don't know what my room looks like right now. It's probably pretty empty, too, but I'm just literally looking at some cheap-ass blinds behind a black desk chair and a, a white wall with you. You can't put a photo up or something? A picture? If anyone knows any good like backdrop places online to search yeah. for some backdrop, let yeah. me know. I'll, nah, I'll search for it. Keep it real. Keep it real. I'm definitely keeping it real All for right. sure. All right, man. Okay, sounds good, dude. Take it easy, man. I'll talk next week. All right, later. All right, later, All right. later, later. Liz. Take care.